Welcome to Swimming Day with Kevin Clark. I am Kevin Clark, Lindsay Jones. It's round one recap. What's going on, buddy? Uh, we made it. Round one. It was a did weird we? night. Did we? I mean, did we? 31 we still players have two were more rounds to go. 31 players were drafted, not 32, because the Dolphins tried to give a percentage of their team to Tom Brady. Um, interesting night. It's what we thought because there were not, as something we've we've hammered home ad nauseum, because there were not uh, a lot of first round grades around the league that we knew there'd be some chaos. We knew there'd be, you know, I we did a bold predictions post and I said Bijan Robinson was going to go top ten because there was going to be a team that said, "Screw it, we don't we don't love these guys. Let's just ride with these guys." I did not know that Detroit was going to go with Gibbs and and make it two two running backs in the first half of the first round. Um, that was. Shocking to me. We can get to that. What we're going to do here is quick and easy 30 minutes of who helped themselves, who didn't. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kids' education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. I want to start, Lindsay. This is an easy one with the Philadelphia Eagles, who, by the way, made the Super Bowl last year. I want to read you a Zach Berman tweet. We're going to do a little reading. The Eagles traded Carson Wentz to Indy in a deal that included the number 16 pick in 2022. They traded that pick to New Orleans in a deal that included a first-round pick swap and a 2023 first-round pick and more, says Zach Berman. The pick swap turned into A.J. Brown. The 23 first-rounder turned into Jalen Carter. Howie Roseman is good at this. Howie Roseman understands value. And I think a lot of times, Lindsay, we sit around and we talk about great GMs and... The easiest thing for a GM to do is consistently hit doubles with value just over and over again. This the board we talked about this the other day with the Chargers where it's like, oh, the board tends to fall to them. Well, the board tends to fall to them, to teams like the Eagles, because they don't overthink it because the picks come to them and they say, ah, this makes sense. And Howie Roseman was on uh, the Kelsey Brothers podcast a couple weeks ago talking about talking about value. And and the one thing is. He operates on two different planes because he's always thinking about value. But on the other hand, he's never overthinking it. So he's always overthinking it and never overthinking it at the same time. Lindsay, what'd you think about this Eagles draft? Nolan Smith, uh, Jalen Carter, two Georgia guys from a defense that, listen, I, I, like Kirby Smart, and I've said it a million times, he, he recruits a high school all-star team on defense, and then he unleashes those guys into the NFL. And there was a couple of, of recruiting guys, Bud Elliott and Cooper Behagna, who were talking about this last night, about how like five-star recruits, they're going to the NFL in a much higher clip than they used to. Recruiting has become much more efficient, all that stuff. And I think a lot of that is because guys like Kirby and Nick 
They just get these guys, teach them how to play football for three years, and then they come out as, as polished products. And Philadelphia is not overthinking it. And they've now gotten, what, five of those guys in the last two years? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a revolutionary scouting tactic to just find the best team and the best players in college football and focus your recruit or your your evaluation there. I mean, other teams should probably mm-hmm. try this. Did other teams watch college football? I mean, I'm not a big, huge college football fan, but I knew those guys in Georgia were really good. Do you remember when the uh, Do you remember when the Raiders just drafted from the college football playoff, and they just drafted yeah. a bunch of Clemson guys and Alabama guys, and they were like, "Yeah, that's good." Um, they they tried that, but it was a little bit it was a little less successful and a little different. Yeah, but I, I, I right, but I you know I like this that this was uh, uh, on my list too of teams that helped themselves because, like you said, value. I also think when you look at the state of the Eagles roster, um, a very good roster. They that's why they won the NFC. That's mm-hmm. why they nearly won the Super Bowl. But an aging roster. Um, they've got a, a, a really big need here in the next couple of years to continue building around, you know, building a team around Jalen Hurts. Now that your quarterback is expensive and to do that, you need to have, you know, really good young players, guys that are on their rookie contracts. And, you know, the Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, that era is just about over. Not completely over, but now you can see what the future looks like uh, for Philadelphia on defense. That front seven, you know, you don't have to be very imaginative to think about, hmm, what are Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis going to look like together? I'm going to pop on that 2021 Georgia team and it looks pretty damn good. Not just that, but they know how to find roles for guys. There's a reason that Son Reddick was able. I mean, he did not have as much of a market as he should have. The Eagles paid fair value for him, and then the Eagles knew what to do with him. And Nolan Smith, another undersized guy who they're going to figure out how to use athleticism. That's what they do. Um, The one thing about that, I I think it was Jason Kelsey himself who said this, or maybe it was the question asker on on a pod a couple weeks ago. There are, I, I think the Eagles core, that sort of core four, the Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, you're looking at unprecedented levels of guys who have been with the same team for over a decade, right? Um, in that core. And then they're, then they're, they're coming back for one year at a time. Fletcher Cox was, uh, was, was off the roster for a couple of weeks there last summer. Jason Kelsey was on the, uh, on the fence about coming back this year. It just seems to me like when you're coming back for one year increments that 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 core at some point is going to work its way out. Replenishing that is so vital and they understand how to do that. The other part of this, and and this is something we're going to hit on a bunch probably throughout this podcast once is if I'm an NFC team right now, I'm accelerating whatever timeline you have, even if you're already the best team in the NFC, because the NFC is a wasteland. It is a wasteland. And the AFC just got Aaron Rodgers. They have unbelievable. I mean, they, they, I mean, for God's sake, Lamar, just, ja- Lamar Jackson, the, the Texans, Lamar Jackson, even the Texans got better yesterday. Like it is at the Colts just got Anthony Richardson. Like at the end, if, if I'm an NFC team right now, I'm reshuffling the deck chairs to make sure that I'm just getting better this year because anything can happen. And so if I'm the Eagles, you kind of want to go all in a little bit. And, and this isn't going all in, just using the, the draft capital they have. But you're, you don't want to take projects right now because the timeline is now. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I want to hit on Jalen Carter for just a second and and the move that they made. They, they moved up one spot. They gave up a fourth rounder. Uh, it was a little odd to me that Chicago would just kind of make that make that switch right there. I mean, I guess they just really didn't want Jalen Carter. They really wanted an offensive tackle. They really believed that that's what Justin, they needed to put around Justin Fields, which I I understand that, but 
giving up a, a fourth rounder to get Jalen Carter, who is, you know, we, we talked about this on our podcast. We recorded Monday that never aired. So you'll just have to take our word for it. But, you know, a guy who. What a pod that was. It, so good. It's, are there Pulitzers for pods? Can we still submit it? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're looking at a guy who is, you know, is from a pure football football perspective might be the best player in this entire class. Um, you know, the, the upside from a football perspective is just huge. And I like this fit. I like where he was going. Um, I like the infrastructure that Philadelphia has here. I like the defensive line room that he's walking into. I like that he's going to get to be around one guys that he already does know and have some familiarity with, but guys like we mentioned the, the, uh, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and these really respected veterans in a very stable organization that hopefully will be able to maximize this guy's career from an athletic standpoint, from a work ethic standpoint, and then from a maturity standpoint in the, in the areas that he needs to grow up. couple of things. Number one, winners have winning organizations, Eagles being one of them, have a privilege that other teams don't because they get to insert guys like Jalen Carter who do have question marks and say you're in a winning environment and you're going to look like a weirdo if you don't row in the same direction as everybody else. Okay. It is really easy to be a shithead in a bad locker room. This is a universal point. I'm, I'm peeling back from, from Jalen Carter here because I remember somebody was telling me a couple of years ago, there was a player who was traded mid season and it didn't really make any sense why they, they kind of dumped the player. And I was talking to another GM, uh, not the GM in question here, who made the trade. And they were saying, listen, that player can't be in a losing locker room. Can't be in a losing locker room. He, he, will, he, will, he will tank the entire thing. He will, people will lose their jobs. He can't be in a losing locker room. Those players exist. And I don't know anything. Jalen Carter obviously won a hell of a lot. I'm just saying that being a winning locker room versus a losing locker room, you can take chance in that winning locker room. There's going to be veterans there. We already talked about the guys who have been there for forever. We're going to teach them how, like, you know, Jason Kelsey talked a lot about how if a guy's quiet, he wants to talk to him. Like who, who, who's better at bringing those guys along than those Eagles veterans right now? Um, Fletcher Cox, those guys, even Darius Slay, who's older, who hasn't been in the whole time, but he's an older guy. Like there are guys in the defensive end who can show, what it is to to win and to be in that in that locker room. So I think that they can take chances that other teams can. I would put the Chiefs in that bucket as well. They can take chances. We've seen that over the past, and that everyone just kind of fits right in. Um, so I love it. I think it's. I, I think that they help themselves the most. The other team I want to put. We're talking about NFC acceleration here. Talk about the Seahawks. Yeah, because I feel like they're really building something. I saw some Seahawks fans upset they didn't have a defensive lineman after the first round. Fine. But with a spoon, you all of a sudden on the other side of Tariq Woolen, you're building the, the, the Legion of Boom too. Our colleague Stephen Ruiz had uh, two Legion, two Boom on Twitter last <laughs> night, which I think was probably accurate. Um, and then to get JSN from Ohio State, it just seems to me like they said, who can help us right now? And who, listen, these guys are both going to develop. Pete Carroll said he's never seen anybody like Witherspoon, which is probably true when you consider the background, the athleticism. Um, I think he only had one power five offer and was able to develop like that. Um, it just seemed to me to be almost like a little bit of the polar opposite of, of the Lions, which is the Seahawks thought, okay, we can win right now if we just complete the process. And it felt to me like the Lions took luxury picks when they didn't have the, they didn't really, I don't know, have the platform to take those luxury picks, Lindsay. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to go back to the Seahawks 
for a second. And, you know, when you're describing all of those things that you were saying about Witherspoon and, you know, no power five offers or one power five offer in developing, I mean, that is a classic Pete Carroll guy. Um, you know, we, we wondered a year ago how long this kind of reset, the post-Russell Wilson reset might take. It was immediate. Uh, we know who the Seahawks are through and through. I mean, their DNA is uh, so strong. Like it is so identifiable who they are, how they want to play, what type of players they want. Um, Pete Carroll was out there dropping his draft hints uh, on Twitter throughout the day on Thursday and, you know, trying to figure out exactly what love is blind had to do with this. And um, I'm not sure. I'm still not entirely sure what love is blind had to do with uh, Devon Witherspoon other than, which I'm looking, I'm looking forward to, but it just, it very much felt like we know who we are. We know that we're getting better, you know, that they should be one of the best teams in the NFC and Geno Smith, huge winner, huge, huge winner, because, you know, they didn't do anything crazy to draft another quarterback. And instead they got him a very, very good wide receiver. So Seattle is one of my, my favorite teams. And I can't wait to see what they do throughout the rest, rest of the draft, because like you said, defensive line edge rusher still some really big needs. And I, you know, I think Seattle is very well positioned. They have a lot of capital to, you know, continue adding to the next version of Pete Carroll's defense. 181 pounds for Witherspoon. Um, I I just, I, I love him. I think that he's the type of guy when you have a high pick in the draft and you're not picking a quarterback, I think you pick a special athlete and that doesn't always mean i love you know defensive ends who can jump and run quick run quick and all that stuff but it could also just mean you're just a particular you're one of one you're a unicorn in in the athletic world i mean like you know danny kelly talks about the the is it the planet theory which is that there's not a lot of people on the planet who operate like that and by the way that's one of the rationales for why the Colts took Anthony Richardson was there's just not a lot of guys who can do what he can do and so Witherspoon uh I'm, I, I like it Lions I just want to express my disappointment here because I love the Lions and it comes from a place of love I love Dan Campbell Brad Holmes I think is really smart really thought out uh really really guy who thinks everything out and take a running back and an off-ball linebacker so early I don't care if you do it. And I love Jack Campbell. He was one of my favorite athletes in this draft. But I think I saw that they combined uh, were picked 44 spots earlier than they should be in relation to sort of consensus mocks. And I know the consensus mocks can be mis- misleading and all that stuff. But it does show they could have at least traded back, gotten some more capital, whatever. I don't know. I just feel like they had such an opportunity and I have a bad taste on that coming out of this. And I understand what you're trying to do. I understand the culture you're trying to build. I understand you want to, you want to pivot a little bit and, and get even more tough than you were and all of that stuff. I get that. You want to run the ball. You know, your identity, you want to double down on your identity, understand that just think there were better ways to do it. Yeah. I mean, when they initially made that trade, um, with Arizona, when Arizona moved uh, up to six, they moved up a couple spots so they could take their offensive tackle. I immediately was like, oh, I really like this for Detroit. Like they didn't have to give up that much. They got another um, second, they got a high second round pick. I think I got, they got 34 in that deal. And I was like, I really like this. And then all of a sudden, it's just kind of like the deflation of going, wait, what? Because, you know, yep. look, you and I are not uh, not our sites uh, like draft Nick right? In terms of like heavily scouting the tools and stuff. We will, we leave that to Danny Kelly and Ben Solak. But I think what, you know, what you and I like to study is 
team building philosophies and value and what do these moves tell us about the direction of individual teams and the trends in the league as a whole. And this one, it just raised so many questions about exactly what the Lions vision is, where they're going, uh, what type of roster they want to build. And like you said, if they could have you know, maybe gotten that value elsewhere. Did you, I want to say before we move off lines, did you mm-hmm. see the video of their draft room? The clip? I did. Uh, what, I mean, they believe that they know something that we do not know because the way that they celebrated or, that or Gibbs pick. I, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know if it was that or they're just. Are they faking it? Trying to sell it a little bit. Sell it to the fan base. I, I, I guess. It was a reaction like was is is Gibbs such a special player that he's gonna like? I think yeah, I think that was you, a uh, that I think they were playing to the cameras. I think they were playing to the cameras a little bit. I mean, usually you only see that type of reaction when a team pulls off like a major trade or they get a guy that they really didn't think was going to be there, a guy who had slid a little bit, or they jumped ahead of another. Didn't they team. do this? Didn't they do this for Sewell? I, I think that they freaked out for Sewell too. I think that they're just they, just they just freak out. <laughs> they just the the, the underrated yeah. part of it. Make sure you go watch this. Go go find that clip. Nick Baumgartner from the Athletic tweeted it out. Um, I think Dan Campbell's like doesn't have a seat in the draft room. He just like fits on the coffee cart, which very much tracks. Um, but they're not. But now I you know just to get serious about the Lions for for another minute. They're picking at thirty four. Um, very early now in this in the second round, and they're now the team that I'm watching to go what the hell are they going to do? Because still have a lot of needs. They need a mm-hmm. lot of help on defense. Um, obviously some big quarterback question. There is a, uh, one of the big four quarterbacks is still kind of sitting out there uh, at the top of the second round. Do they make a move there? I don't know. Uh, they're, but they're now the team that I'm kind of watching most closely on Friday night, just to see if this trend continues. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time and the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. I just want to say with the Lions real quick before we move on, they signed... David Montgomery re-signed Alex Anzalone to significant money for 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 free agents. Um, and obviously Anzalone is a guy that they know well and who's been in the building. But the reason the union wants free agency before the draft is so that you can't just get your needs filled in the draft and then not sign the free agents, right? So you're not actually supposed to do this. You're not actually supposed to go out and sign guys and then just get the same needs met like a month later so i just again i i don't i don't love the way that they that they went about this i love campbell as a player 
I'm sure Gibbs, I mean, Gibbs, listen, I remember when he played against Miami when he was at Georgia Tech, that was a nightmare. We had Manny Diaz, the defensive coordinator. He had no idea what the hell was going on. And so, and we can't, Miami couldn't, hasn't been able to stop the run in a decade. So that was an absolute nightmare. But still, I didn't see like nailed on top 20 pick from Gibbs. I just don't think that's the way the NFL works anymore. I'm happy that they're happy. I'm ha- I love this for them. I'm glad that they're, they're high-fiving, but I just, if I was a Lions fan right now, I wouldn't be all that happy. Uh, who helped themselves that we haven't brought up yet, Lindsay? Yeah, I mean, I want to talk about the, the teams at the very top that added a lot of picks um, in Houston and Arizona. I mean, that was the most exciting part of the draft. Uh, because obviously Bryce Young goes number one, not a lot of drama there. And then all of a sudden at two and three, there's a ton of movement with Houston taking CJ Stroud and then trading back up yes. to number three, trading with Arizona, giving up a lot uh, in that trade with Arizona to to take Will Anderson Jr. Who, you know, look, Danny Kelly was like high five it all over the place in our ringer office because, you know, two of his three top uh, players, you know, his his board <laughs> fell, fell very similar to his big board. Um, He didn't love the Will Anderson pick for value. And that's the question here is you have two very desperate teams, um, two teams that probably have the worst rosters in the NFL in Houston and Arizona, um, who made some of the biggest moves of the night. You know, Arizona traded back on three and then they traded back up to six. They got an extra first rounder from Houston uh, in next year's draft in that move when Houston moved up to three. Houston is still going to be bad. Um, you know, I think Houston got two very, very good, good, good players in CJ Stroud and Will Anderson, but that roster is bad. This is a long-term rebuild. Houston has been telling us that it is a long-term rebuild in the type of contract that they gave to D'Amico Ryans in the free agent contracts that they gave out with the exception, basically of Larry McTunzel. They were not signing big long-term free agent contracts. Arizona could have two top five picks next year without having to do any trading, they could have two top three picks. I mean, Houston is probably going to be a very bad team next year. So, you know, I didn't expect to be talking about Arizona as a team that I liked what they did because in general, Arizona likes to mess things up in every possible way. And look, they embarrassed themselves enough Thursday night when they had to swap picks with the Eagles for tampering with Jonathan Gannon, when they improperly called Jonathan Gannon, but nobody else was out trying to hire Jonathan Gannon uh, the week after the NFC championship game. Um, you know, so that was embarrassment enough. That was the the Cardinals. What the hell was that? Like did Monty Asenford just like, yeah, it just, uh, Monty Asenford just panicked and was like, I have to have Jonathan Gannon. I have to have Jonathan Gannon. I'm sorry. He, he watched the wait. NFC championship I'm gonna game. Call him. He watched the NFC championship game. I was like, I gotta have that guy that shut down one armed Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson. That is my coach. Um, you know, I would have said, like, maybe let's see what he does against Patrick Mahomes first. But, you know, that's just me. I don't love if I'm Houston, I would have tried to be bad again and roll it over to next year. Question for you. What happens if Arizona gets a top two pick next year? They get rid of Kyler Murray and take a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I'm just that's not. Out of the question, if it's Caleb Williams or if they really like Drake May, he's not going to play this season. I think we all yeah. or, he, or he's going to kind of show up at the end of it. I'm just saying it's something to consider because yeah. I was thinking this morning is Houston's out. Who are the Drake May Caleb Williams teams next year? Arizona firmly in that mix. Um, I'm trying to think of the teams that will be real bad. Atlanta is probably going to be real bad. Um, I mean, I guess Bijan Robinson is, they think maybe he's a, a final piece of that. 
of that offense, but I, I think they've they've got a ways to go. Um, is Tennessee in the mix to be a Caleb Williams, Drake May team? Taking an offensive tackle, not solving the quarterback thing. Um, just saying. I'm just saying. Who else in that mix? The Commanders are probably in that mix with Sam yep. Howell. Very much so. Um, very much in that mix. Just saying. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be in that mix. I think you can put them firmly in that mix. Um, I'm intrigued to yeah, see. Gonna, hey, they're going to be Baltimore bad. Ravens. Huge, Baltimore huge Ravens. winners. Huge winners. So they're skill guys now. Odell Beckham, Say Flowers, um, Rashad Bateman. Last year, the end of the season, Barnwell pointed this out. Demarcus Robinson, Devin Duvernay, Deshaun Jackson. Now they've they've upgraded that significantly. They have Lamar Jackson under contract. Shout out to Jalen Hurts for basically establishing a sort of structure and a market and, and seeing what that looks like. Um, you know, I, I think that we have tended we tend to write off teams too early in the NFL. Um, and we tend to say, oh, well, they missed their window, blah, blah, blah. Like the Ravens still have a good infrastructure. They still have a good roster. They still have a good coach. With Todd Monk and their offensive coordinator, I, they're going to get better on offense. They're going to have a better vision on offense from the last couple of years. I don't know. I'm starting to like this Baltimore team. Yeah, I mean, look, Lamar with Lamar Jackson happy and healthy, which healthy is going to be, you know, a big caveat because they're a very different team when he is not playing than when he is. Um, they have to be a contender, right? I mean, the AFC, as we've said over and over and over again, is a gauntlet. And there are going to be several good quarterbacks who are not going to make the playoffs just from a sheer numbers game. Only seven seven AFC teams are going to make the playoffs. But with Lamar Jackson, the Ravens are going to be in every single game that they play. And that's why I think they they were... It wasn't like an earth shattering contract, right? Like the Lamar Jackson deal. Like I'm really happy for him. He he's now the highest paid player in annual salary. He surpassed the guarantees that Jalen Hurts got. Obviously, didn't get the full guarantees that Deshaun Watson got. It looks very uh, very much now like that was an outlier, uh, an outlier deal. We'll see what Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are able to negotiate when they when they get their extensions, probably in the not too distant future. Um, so it wasn't like this oh my God, like eye popping contract, like, oh my God. But it's just, it was a really nice deal. It was, it was a nice compromise. It's really good to just have that solved, right? If you're, if you're Baltimore, if you're Mm -hmm. a Ravens fan, um, now if you're Burrow and Herbert to kind of know where the quarterback market is exactly. But that was like the biggest news of the draft, right? Was that it was Lamar Jackson getting kind of getting set and making the Ravens firmly back in that AFC contender pool. And not sending the Ravens into a complete tailspin, which is what yeah. happens when you don't have a quarterback. So, yeah, they they win. They got the best player of Thursday. <laughs> it's Lamar Jackson, and they have him cost-controlled. And, you know, I, I really don't want to do the quarterback value thing, but quarterback salaries are exploding. Um, I saw a stat the other day. The cap rose by 85% over the past decade, I guess you could say. Um, and con- quarterback contracts have risen 150%. So that's a lot um, and almost double what, what the cap is rising. But that tends to ebb and flow. If you look at some of the charts of quarterback salaries versus the cap, it's not a million miles away from the percentage of the cap that was spent on Troy Aikman in 1994. 
Um, so I think sometimes when the TV money spikes or quarterbacks are always at the beginning of the curve, right? And so when you're negotiating a quarterback contract, the agents are going to bake in the rise in cap with that. And this is just one of those times where there was a COVID kind of flattening of the, of the cap, but we're still seeing those quarterback salaries go because the cap is going to start exploding. And then after a while, that's when you get the defensive ends making the money, the wide receivers making the money. Speaking of, um, I don't love, I just want to throw this out there. I don't want to make it a, a five minute segment. I actually don't love the Jordan Addison pick to Minnesota to get the fourth receiver in a four receiver run at the end of the first round and in a not deep receiver market already. Uh, I would have waited on that if I'm, if I'm Minnesota and figured out other needs. Um, I loved, loved, loved the Smith pick for, for Dallas. Um, I just think there's a lot of athleticism there. Dan Quinn will figure out, kind of what to do. I saw some, some rumblings that he was, he played in a stance that didn't heighten his athleticism in Michigan. And maybe Dan Quinn can unlock some stuff. As you know, my philosophy is just take the athlete and, and coach him up. Um, Miles Murphy to Cincinnati. I, I quite liked. And then this is the last one I want to uh, shout out here. I think the Patriots really helped. Yeah. Himself with Christian Gonzalez. Yep. yep. One of my favorite cornerbacks in the draft, if not my favorite, we know what the Patriots want to do. They want to be able to play man, but then just be able to do everything. Christian Gonzalez is that kind of guy where he basically can do whatever Bill Belichick wants him to do. And that unlocks a lot from that defense. If there's one thing that I trust Bill Belichick to do, it's to uh, evaluate and identify and develop cornerbacks. Um, every year <laughs> he seems to find one, that one guy and uh, th- it's a need for that. And then one uh, undrafted guy. Yeah, usually, yeah, usually it's a guy that you've never heard of, but, um, and look, they got yeah. really good value there. They traded back a few spots, didn't, you know, a guy that they probably would have taken at 14, they were able to get at 17, you know, and there's nothing that, Tom, uh, that Bill Belichick, excuse me, I almost said Tom Brady, that Bill Belichick likes more than, uh, accumulating fourth round picks. Um, and Tom I think Brady runs the up. Dolphins. <laughs> it's a secret. Um, there's nothing more that he likes than accumulating, you know, fourth round picks. So I still think that they have some, you know, big questions at their skill position, uh, you know, who are they? Like, where are their explosive offensive players? Where are their really good pass catchers? Um, will Mac Jones and Bill Belichick ever actually get along? You know, if they were a team that you were wondering, okay, could they make a move for a quarterback? Would they be interested in Will Levis? Clearly they were not. Um, but I, yeah, I really liked that. Can we talk about Will Levis for just one sec before we, we sure I was actually going to tee you up on that. So the Will Levis thing last night, I mean, it just got me, this is a little like inside baseball or whatever, but it got me really interested in the like draft industrial complex and the media's role in all of this, because now this is the second year in a row where there was, you know, a lot of hype right before the draft about, Oh, these quarterbacks go in the first round. I mean, last year it was like, Oh my God, Malik Willis, could Malik Willis sneak into the first round? And what about Desmond Ritter? And then, you know, it was just Kenny Pickett and those guys, you know, really, really fell into, you know, later into Friday. The Will Levis thing made a lot more sense to me when uh, I believe it was ESPN. It was Susie Culber. They cut to her and she said that she had just talked to Will Levis's agent, Jimmy Sexton. And I had like light bulbs going off when he said, I said, okay. So you kind of start thinking, okay, this guy has one of the most powerful agents and well-connected agents in the NFL. He's also a guy who had been 
getting a lot of kind of like buzz in the mainstream media. Mainstream media buzz translates into draft industry buzz because a lot of that comes from like, oh, well, if Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter and uh, Peter Schrager and all of these guys are all of a sudden talking about a prospect, then that must be coming from the NFL teams. And so then all of a sudden these guys get inflated, then ESPN, it gets into a news cycle. And then all of a sudden this guy starts falling and we start seeing the reports that he has a mystery toe injury that we've never heard about. There's never been anything through the draft process about, oh, this is why he's falling. And it's just like, you know, from a media perspective, I was watching that going, okay, yep, I see how all of this is working now. And, you know, Will Levis, I don't, I don't know. Do we, do we feel bad for Will Levis? He seemed to be okay. He seemed to be. I feel, I mean, I, I feel bad for anybody who didn't have their expectations met in life, right? Like everything and nobody, there's a lot of people where you have the expectation of something doesn't work out. How you manage that defines your life, right? That That's actually the story of, of life, right? Having said that, so it sounds like Jimmy Sexton should have done a little better job managing expectations. I saw some, some folks saying that last night um, that all of a sudden we're talking about top five, whatever. And like, it's funny because Drew Rosenhaus did the, well, Jalen Carter's not taking visits past 10 thing to set expectations, but he turned out to be correct. Whereas the Will Levis thing, he's rumored to go top five, he's rumored to go top two, he's rumored to go, you know, to teams are going to trade up with Houston to get him at two, whatever. Didn't happen. Uh, Joe Banner, I saw on the timeline this morning, was theorizing that the toe was just sort of a excuse. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He saw some buzz on this. I don't know how great of an interviewer Will Levis was. Um, let's I'm aggregating that from both media reports and some of the murmurs I've heard. Um, and, uh, but having said that, like the problem he faced was this number one, bunch of teams didn't need quarterbacks. Number two is his market was toolsy guy who can be coached up. There's your problem. Anthony Richardson was better at being that. He was yeah. better at being the toolsy guy who can be coached up. So he lost his edge. That's your problem. And then there's a bunch of teams. I already did this. There's a bunch of teams saying, are we a Drake May or Caleb Williams mm-hmm. team? Because if we are, we don't need Will Levis. Will Levis's best shot at the top of the first round is a team, I don't know, like the, the damn Vikings, who are trying to think about a succession plan for their quarterback in the long term, the Jordan Love. I'd also say the thing about the Jordan Love thing, the Jordan Love thing destabilized a, a pretty good franchise. <laughs> like you think teams are looking yeah. at that and being like, we want to do that. We want to do that. So it's really hard to to have that succession plan. So there's just not that much of a robust market for him. Do you, now that Happens. now that we're into the second round, is there a spot that you're watching and saying, okay, that might make sense. A team who like the Vikings, who maybe yeah. could use a young guy, the Raiders who aren't, committed very long-term to Jimmy Garoppolo or yeah, you know, Raiders. just mentioned the Patriots who have some questions about you know, tight, the Titans. Hey, can I, can I, can I float one? Sure. At 36. Sure. Maybe they can't do this. Maybe they can't do this. Are we sure the Rams aren't in the market? No, I mean, I, mean, I don't think Stafford, do Stafford's have, elbow doesn't work anymore. I they might not actually even have a backup quarterback under contract right now. Uh, right. But also he, Liam but Cohen, yeah. who, who's back in Kentucky, yeah. but was their yeah. OC. Yeah. has a lot of familiarity with Will Levis. He's played in the Shanahan system. Just throwing it out there. Top of the first round. This will change, by the way, because Tom Pelissero reported that there's, there's a lot of movement there. Steelers, Cardinals, Lions, Colts, Rams, Seahawks, Raiders, Panthers, Saints, by the way. 
I don't think the Saints are in the market for it. I do think people were floating that last night. I think the Saints understand who they are and, and what they need. Uh, Titans at forty one again. I really do think. I mean, you're you're getting in a, you're you need them. You need if you're going to be a team like the Titans, you need to be in a position where it is such a flyer that it's not a pain to take a guy first overall or second overall the next year. Like you can't take a guy at 32, 33, 34, and then take a guy at one the next year at the quarterback position. I do think obviously you're going to have to do it. If if it falls that way, if you're going to do the Josh Rose and the Kyler Murray thing, but you don't want to do it. But if you take a guy at 50, that's more palatable. So that's that. Um, Lindsay, we're going to be back on Monday, pal. Absolutely. Let's do it. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, thank you to Rick Bozik for production help. We're going to do a full recap on Monday. This is just the first round recap. And then that's it. So we'll see you then, pal. Have a good weekend. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln and the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates.